dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown to Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to this week 13 edition of the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petri and I am joined by my co-host Lomas Brown. Lomas, hello. Hey, how are you today, Tori? I'm doing good. You, you have such a beautiful smile today. It's just, <laughs> it's, you're just glowing today. I'm like, wow, it looks great. It was yeah. that mini bye week. Okay. Did, did you We've get talked refreshed? about it the whole podcast long. We, okay. You keep bringing up the mini bye week over Thanksgiving. <sighs> And then the mini bye week came. We had this little break. I got refreshed, and now I am back in the facility, glowing and ready to go. Doesn't it feel good? Like you hit the refresh <laughs> button, and everything just starts over again. Yeah. And, and it was a bye week that included Thanksgiving, Tori. And I think Tori, I think I hurt myself over the oh, whole no. weekend because it didn't just stop on Thursday. It went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And it kind of spilled over into Monday just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit. But still eating turkey on Monday. Oh my God, I'm eating it all. Dressing, you name it, man. I, I love Thanksgiving. I think that might be my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Lois? It was good. It was good. Spent it with the kids. So we just well, had first the kids. you spent it with the lions. <clears throat> See, we were trying to, you know, just ease into it. But, yes, we had our game. We went to work earlier that day, then went home, had some honey-baked ham. That's some good ham, Tori, some good ham. Mm-hmm. Had the sides to go with it. Watched some real football later on that day. Watched a couple of games, some good games later on that day, and just kind of relaxed. Just unbutton my pants and just relax most of the day. So no Black Friday. I didn't no do shopping. it. No, no Black Friday. How so. about Cyber Monday? Though? There you go. That's me. I think I've become more of a cyber guy. I'm not, I don't need the action or the thrill of getting out there and diving in with the humanity out there. Yeah. I think I could just push a few buttons and get what I need. Yeah, I did. I did some Cyber Monday myself um and then friday i did not do any shopping because i was on high school football duty that's right yeah Yeah. so how was that it was good it was fun so friday high school football saturday high school football and then saturday night i was crazy enough to drive to chicago after uh after i was finished with high school football so six football games seven days and then i drove to chicago because (laughs) i'm a crazy person um, but it was so much fun. I got to uh, celebrate with a few friends who got married that night. I didn't make it to the uh, wedding, but I made it to the reception. Okay. Got the to hang out. Part. Yes, That's important Exactly. Got to go. hang out, dance a little bit. Um, and then the next day we celebrated some a friend's birthday uh, in Chicago as well. So oh, it was a good cool. weekend. Yeah. It was a good weekend. It's, I love Chicago, Tori. Where, uh, I mean, going downtown. It's just something about Chicago. <laughs> I just love Chicago. Well, it might be a sensitive subject for Lions fans considering yeah. who yeah. did beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so apologies that that is where I ended up after Thanksgiving weekend. But... I had a reason, wedding, friends, all of those kind of fun things. That so was a good thing. It, it was a good weekend, though. It was a good Thanksgiving weekend. And then Sunday, I was able to have a little bit of time off and uh, just spend some time with friends and just have a really great day. And so that's why I'm feeling so refreshed. Yes, you, you look refreshed. You do. <laughs> it's, it's just something about you today. Yeah. It was a tiring weekend. I was I was tired by the time my mini bye week was yeah, over. Yeah, was it? <laughs> but it was good and worth it. So... And we got everything done. All the work got done, so it was time to 
have a little bit of enjoyment in there. There you too. go. Well, we deserve enjoyment. I, I mean, it's been rough <laughs> on this story. We've been, you know, we've been dealing with a season that's been going up and down. So it's been a little rough on us because we're so invested too. You know, I don't think people know how invested we are in this. <laughs> so you know, it gets a little rough on us too. Yeah, it it does get a little bit crazy. Uh, for sure, when you know, you never know how the season is going to turn out. Yes. I think that something you and I talked about after that Thanksgiving game on our post-game show, which is live on social media, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, Lomas and I go on the Lions social media pages and talk about the game after it's over with. Uh, you can find that link when you're watching the post-game press conferences live. Just click on that link to watch the post-game pre- press conferences. And then after all of that said and done, Lomas and I will come on and break it all down. Uh, and we talked about this after the game. Just that Thanksgiving game kind of felt like it showed us a clearer picture of how this season is going to end up, did it yeah, not? It did. It really did. It was kind of like the roadmap. And you, you're you absolutely right about it. I mean, and Tori, so excited early in that game, too. We jumped out to a lead. You know, things seemed to have been going well. Didn't give up any big plays. Offense seemed to have early be moving the ball. Defense were doing what they had to do. I thought they had Chase Daniels. A little confused early in the game, and then we just started imploding, started having penalties and, you know, different things like that started happening. And the one thing that I said couldn't happen was we let Chase Daniel get comfortable back there. And he got comfortable. He got in a little groove. And from that point on, it was almost trying to, like trying to run uphill for the Lions. And just were never never able to get up to that point so kind of came crashing down and we didn't take up we didn't take uh, advantage of the opportunities we had early in that game and it came back to hurt us and it's kind of like you said the same roadmap that's been this whole season too yeah it just after this one considering that was a division game and a division loss it makes it really hard to finish this season with any shot at the playoffs now mathematically they are not eliminated so of course the players and the coaches will tell you that they are not thinking about that they are not focusing on any kind of playoff picture they're just trying to win the next game as they should which that is exactly how they should respond and I'm sure you can attest to that as a player that you had you had seasons where you had to give that line as well but from us on the outside uh, that game definitely did kind of shift a little bit of what we expect kind of the outcome of this season to be so that made it a little bit tough but yeah. I think it helped Alliance fans to have a little bit of a weekend off true. afterwards <laughs> <laughs> little weekend holiday weekend That's to recover true. a little bit uh and then just be able to enjoy the rest of the season uh for what it is here five more games to go so it's getting close to the end we're about to play some December football here so yeah uh there are still some opportunities for some good games it is that's that's I mean, we got some. Right yeah, we got good competition coming in here. Everybody, I think, all the teams that are coming in, coming here, um, have playoff aspirations. Um, you know, um, it's a lot to fight for. I mean, now guys start looking at job security. They start looking at, um, you know, where they want what they want to accomplish individually. You know, it's things like that that you still have to go out there and fight for. And the thing about it is that the the fans are still there. So you want to go out and you want to play hard and you want to play well for the fans because they they still coming out supporting you. So you always want to give them a good show when they come there. So 
Hopefully these guys know this. They're professionals. I know the coaches know that. Hopefully they'll be able to translate this to the guys. And we'll still get good, like you say, Tori, still get good football over these last five or six weeks, however many weeks left to the season. Where do you think the Lions stand now after that Thanksgiving Day game? That was a tough one. That, that, some of the reasons you said, another reason you just faced Chicago. Chicago had their backup quarterback. Chicago came in off just playing a game, um, you know, beat up. And they still outlasted us. And that, to me, that was a problem. So, right now, I know it has to be some soul searching done. I, I doubt if the coaches even know where this team is right now. I don't think anybody could just put their finger on something and say, this is the reason why this team is this way. Because you see them beat some of the teams that they've beaten and then lose the way they've been losing. So, I don't think anybody has an answer. I don't know where this you know, I don't know whether it's things were just that different with the team this year with Coach Matt Patricia, uh, with the practices and maybe how the organization has changed internally. I don't know, Tori. It's really hard to put your finger on it, but it was a major problem this year and something unexpected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw Matthew Stafford in the end of that game throw those two picks, yes. which were kind of – Kind of the game killers there. Yes. I mean, there was still hope in that game until those two picks. The pick six obviously swung that game pretty dramatically. And then Stafford throwing the interception in the end zone when they were trying to make some sort of comeback uh, obviously shot that down. So what what do you think's going on with Stafford? Why haven't we seen the play from him that we're used to seeing? Well, I, if I look directly at it again, it just seemed like play, it, it, he's been stagnant this year. But, Tori, I look at it this way. If your players are struggling, then it's got to be up to your coaches and your, especially your offensive and defensive coordinators to put you in positions to succeed. And I just don't think in a lot of ways the adjustments have been made this year to put Matthew in a better, better situation to where he could succeed. You know, and where I'm going at it, you, get, you just got to look at, you know, Coach Cooter, and some of the other coaches, you know, because, again, the players are a product of what you're taught throughout that week. Yeah, the coaches can't go out on the field. They don't go out there and block, throw passes, do any of that. But the coaches have to be able to put you in a position to succeed. I don't see enough adjustments being made, especially on the offensive side of the ball, to make adjustments to help Matthew out. For example, I would say this. We're behind in games, but yet and still, I still see Matthew on certain passes doing play-action pass. Tori, the element of running the game is out. You're behind. We're behind. You know, we could be behind by 10, 15, 20 points going in late into the game, but yet and still, I'm still seeing Matthew play-action fake before he throws the ball. And what that does is his eyes have to go from looking in at the running back to getting them back up to refocus to wherever he wants to throw it instead of just taking it and letting his eyes stay up the whole time and find his receivers. So that's little things you could take out of the game plan that I see we're not making adjustments and doing it. Fine if we're in the game and the game is tight. Yes, use your play-action faith. But when we're out of games, when we're trying to catch up to a team, it's no need of making his eyes do more things than they have to do. So – 
it's just been little things I've been noticing like that that I think have been keeping him from playing at his optimal level. And yet and still, Tory, he hadn't played at the level he needed to play at too this year so that's, far. That's a really interesting observation yeah. about the play action fake. I mean, yeah, it's just look especially Tory, if you if it's not a threat, why do that? Again. Yeah. Don't you all now in the NFL, don't you see a lot of teams, they'll take their wide receiver, even if they're handing the ball up, you'll see the wide receiver come behind in motion. He might not get the ball, but we used to call that ghost action. So what it is is that guy got to respect him. So you take one guy out of the defense that has to respect this guy going this way, even if this guy isn't getting the ball or he has no possibility of getting the ball, but it takes one guy away from the motion of where you're sure. going. It's something else that makes the defense think about, and maybe you come back later in the game and you do hand this guy the ball, but you got to do things like that. I just don't see enough of that from us. Window dressing? There you go. I love it. There you go. <laughs> Dress it up a little bit. Help the big guys out up front. We need help too, Tori. It's hard trying to take a 300-pound man where he doesn't want to go. Yeah. So give us as much help as you can. Wendell, dress me up. That's right. I love that. I love it. See, I listen to you, yeah. Thomas. I do. <laughs> I love that. I do. Well, another thing that Stafford is dealing with that can't be easy is that his big offensive weapons coming into this season, he no longer has. Yes. Golden Tate, traded away. Marvin Jones Jr., on IR yes. now. on Johnson, injured. And he didn't have any of those guys in this last game. Now, of course, Golden Tate's not coming back, but you look at this beginning of the season and the guys that you said, okay, these are going to be yes. Matthew Stafford's big weapons this year. He still has Kenny Galladay, but when you only have one of your big-time weapons – that narrows things down a lot. And that's not to say anything against the guys who have had to step up in their places, but those guys were his big weapons for a reason because he had that rapport with them and had that trust and had that production with them. So when he doesn't have that, that certainly makes things harder. You are so right. Think about it, Tori. Who on our offense scares you? Name one person on the offense that scares you right now. I mean, Kenny, Kenny, that's it. That, that's really it, you know, and you're right about that. And think about the predicament we're in. Some of those guys that are playing now at the receiver position, they're four and five rece- receivers on another team. Here they got to be number two and number three because we don't have our big three or we don't have our big receivers now. So you got four and five receivers that are playing the two and three slot. So talent-wise, you don't have that. So you're right. Like you say, carry on not being that. Now, I do think – if they keep using him right, LeGarrette could be a, is a great fill-in for Carry. He had a great game Absolutely. against Chicago. And he can do that. It took him a little bit to get going it there did. in the beginning. It did. Because, again, I think they run him wrong. Why send a big 250-pound man, 50-pound man east and west? Send him downhill, that guy. Sure. But once they started doing that, he started picking up the yard. LeGarrette is more experienced than Carry on. So, I actually, I think through subtraction – you could get a better running game or just as good of running game. But at the receiver position, you got nothing out of your tight ends all year long. Nothing. So that position, especially when you see Eric Ebron, oh, my good Tory, <laughs> leading the league in touchdowns. He is leading the league in touchdowns. That's Here, just, here's the thing, though. <sighs> okay, I, go ahead. Go ahead. But, I don't think he was ever going to have that kind of career here. Okay. And it, and it wasn't – really his fault it wasn't it was just the position that he was in and the expectations that were on him and it was mental and it was 
all of these things and you just knew he had to go somewhere else. I mean, you knew that he could he could be productive. Right. He drops the ball sometimes, he still does in Indy, but he can be productive. It was just that his situation was just not working out here but and why? he had to go get in a new environment Do to be able to Do you think it was flourish. a new environment cuz he just as good a quarterback. Yeah. So, there you go. So you answered my question. It's the setting it up. They brought Ebron in there, and they worked the offense to help him out. They're putting him in a position to succeed. I don't think we really did that here. I don't see why. I don't think his hands gotten that much better. I mean, he probably worked on the jug machine this offseason, <laughs> but, man, I don't think he caught that many passes. But, again, I just think they're putting him in a better position to succeed. We got to be able to do that with the talent that we have here, and we just – haven't done it. Well, I think there is an element outside of just scheme for Eric Ebron as well. I mean, you know, he was drafted so high and had such high expectations on mm-hmm. him. And fans were so bitter about how high he was drafted. He didn't pick how high he was drafted, True. you know. Right. And there was so much expectation on him and um, so much bitterness towards him when he wasn't the player that they expected him to be. And it, it just was kind of a situation where nobody could win right. here so, in Detroit. So I don't blame him. And good for him for no, going it up is and, good and for having him. the production yeah. that he's having. But it doesn't really surprise me because I think that he always had it in him. Mm. It was just that he was kind of in a situation here where he just couldn't win. Good Everybody point. was going to be mad at him no matter what because <laughs> right. of where he was drafted and yeah. that wasn't his choice. That's a great point. That is a great point. And, I mean, he's having a great year. So we'll see what happened. But, again, no productivity out of our tight ends. I think that hurt us too this Certainly. year. Certainly, I mean, big time, big time. Yeah, yeah, definitely a tough year for the offense, and uh, they don't have the pieces on the field that they thought they were going to yes. at the beginning of the and year. We, at and all. we did we think that we thought actually offense was going to be the strong suit. Right, we we did. were worried about defense exactly. more than offense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The Detroit Lions will close out a stretch of home games by taking on the Los Angeles Rams at Ford Field on Sunday, December second. Tickets are available now at DetroitLions.com or by calling 800-745-3000. Can you take anything positive away from that Thanksgiving Day game about how the Lions played? Well, I mean, again, the one thing I can take positive is they came out faster. Uh, We started the game fast. So I was happy about the way we started the game instead of starting it from behind. Um, I think special teams has really improved. I'm interviewing Matt Prather today, and I wanted to interview him because I think he's been really, if you if you throw up MVPs of the team this year, he has to be one of the guys thrown in consideration from how he's been kicking this year and how consistent he's been this year. But, again, it just hadn't been much more out of that. I mean, those are the only things that I could really take out of that game is really the way we started the game. And, you know, special teams has gotten a lot better um, since, unfortunately, since they made the coaching change. I think that we did see the defense stop the run pretty well. Yeah. They've been pretty good at that in the past few weeks, which is a little bit encouraging with Todd Gurley coming to town. Now, I think Todd Gurley's going to get his yards (laughs) in some way or another, but at least you've seen some trending upwards improvement in that area from this defense in the past couple of weeks. I asked coach Paul Pasqualoni about it when the assistant coaches had their media availability this week and he said really the biggest difference is we're not just letting we're not letting that big one break free Mm. whereas in previous weeks they'd 
be pretty decent at stopping the run. Now, the first few weeks of the season, they struggled in stopping yes. the run, period. Then you got Snacks Harrison. That helped oh. out a little bit. But then you were still letting one big run break free. But then they started c- cutting those out. That's true. And so they have improved in that area. So if there is uh, something That's to be true. encouraged about, I think that that is probably the positive that I took away from Thanksgiving, which does have a little bit of relevance going into this Rams game. But yes. I don't expect them to... <laughs> Hold the Rams to 50 yards rushing. I just oh, don't no. think that's going to happen. Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. I mean, and I, I want us to look at their offense. Just look at all the different movements in oh, their offense. Oh, we will look at that yes, offense. Yes, we're going to see it up close <laughs> and personal. And watch how many adjustments their offense make our defense make, Tori. We're going to have defensive guys running all over the field. And that's what you want to see. You want defensive guys moving all over the field, not sure where they have to go following guys all around because it just creates that confusion, something that we really don't do on offense, which I think would help our offense some if we did a little bit more. Let's talk about this Rams team. Yes. Chiefs-Rams on Monday Night Football last week. Now, the Rams are coming off of a bye this week, so the last game they played was that high-scoring game (laughs) against the Chiefs. It was absolutely insane. I think everybody who's an NFL fan watched that game. (laughs) It was just nuts. So many scores just left and right. Uh, And a lot of talk about how this is possibly the future of NFL offenses, just this high-scoring, potent offense that we saw from the Rams and the Chiefs. And as a fan, it's fun to watch. It was. It it really was fun to watch. And you're right, they went back and forth. And it was just great seeing those young quarterbacks throw the ball and throw deep passes. Because now, Tori, you see a lot of the NFL. Now it's the little short passes that these quarterbacks throw. It was great to see guys drop back and actually throw the ball over 40, 50 yards in the Those air. Those are fun. Those they are the most fun passes. They are. They really are. And that, and this going to be a challenge, like you said, for the Lions because, man, the, the L.A. Rams, they come in with, like you say, Todd Gurley. They have the receivers that they have out there, Robert Woods. And um, those guys, Brandon Cooks, who's a speedster out there, they got a good offensive line, too. I'm looking at uh, Andrew Whitworth, who's the oldest guy on their team, his 13th year out of LSU. Older than the head coach. Yes, isn't that something? Now, I was in that situation (laughs) with Coach Gruden. You were? Yeah, I was a year older than Coach Gruden when I played for him. What is that like? That is mind-blowing You know what? To me, Tori, it's awesome because you know where he's coming from. So the younger guys couldn't handle the rules. They were always ruffled by the rules but you're looking at him almost like he's a parent you on that parent level with the coach so you understand having to implement your rules and cracking down on those young guys <laughs> so it was kind of fun for so me to like team up on the cracking down absolutely of the young guys. yeah so if coach <laughs> couldn't do it then I think as a, a older guy I could step in and say a few things so <laughs> but it was fun with coach that year but Again, so it's going to be interesting to see because everybody think the Rams are just spread it out, throw it, throw it, throw it. But they're a physical team, too, just like you said with Todd Gurley. So they're going to come out and try to punch the Lions in the mouth. And we know what they do up front on defense. And Dominican Sue, the return of the Sioux, he's coming back. Him, Aaron Donald, 
They got a nice, they say Akeem Tlaib might be back off the injury reserve list this year. So they got him, Marcus Peters. They got a nice defense. So it's going to be a challenge with both on both offense and defense for the Lions to have success this weekend. And there were defensive scores in that Chiefs Rams game. It was. That's right. That's right. It wasn't all offense. That's right. The outside linebacker for the Chiefs, he has uh, two touchdowns that game. I mean, a defensive guy getting two touchdowns in the game. So we're going to have to be alert on both sides of the ball. Certainly. Do you think that this is the direction NFL offenses are going? I mean, just this is more of a – broad overarching NFL question not as much relevant to this week but after watching a game like that and seeing kind of the innovation with the Rams and the Chiefs and what they're doing this year and how much fun they are to watch what does that mean for the future of the NFL I think if you have that talent if you think about it Tori they got some talent Todd Gurley like you said Brandon Cooks Robert Woods Jared Goff they got so every team doesn't have that talent so I don't think every team could run the Rams offense or be explosive like them because they don't have the personnel like that. But I think that's the way the NFL wants to go because of the rule changes. I wouldn't want to play defense in the NFL (laughs) right now. Oh, my good, Tory, they're going to take your money. I mean, this is unbelievable. So they setting the the NFL up for offense. That's what they want. They want scoring. They want scoring. They want scoring. But you still got to have the people that can get you that scoring too. Sure. So, if the Lions want any chance at stopping the Rams this weekend. Ooh. Now, teams have had a hard time stopping the Rams this year. Not many people have been You're able right. to do it. What do they need to do? They are going to have to, I'm telling you, LeGarrette Blunt. I would give them a mouthful of LeGarrette Blunt. I Man, Le, LeGarrette would be mad at me at the end of the game if I was his offensive coordinator because <laughs> he would say I'm working him too much. I'm telling you, Tori, that's the only thing I think we can do. You got to hand it off. You got to keep Jared Goff and that offense on their sideline. You got to hand it off. You got to keep Matthew Stafford in third and fours, third and threes. You can't be in third and sevens and eights and nines because now you got to deal with the pass rush of Aaron Donald and then Dominican Sue and those guys coming at you. So to me, if they could run the ball some kind of way, figure out a way to run LeGarrette and run him often and keep themselves in third and shorts, I think they'll have a chance because you'll keep that offense on the sideline and you just keep eating up first downs, first downs, first downs. So to me, that's pretty much the only, unless they have a lot of miscues um, on the Ram side, to me, that's really the only way I think the Lions can win the game. Somehow this Lions offense, in my opinion, is going to have to come up with a way to score to keep up with the Rams because even though this Lions defense has been playing better, that Rams offense is so good, I think they're just going to score. But you how just... you do it, Tori? <laughs> how will you do it with – and I'm not taking anything away from Bruce Ellington. I'm not taking anything away from him or T.J. Jones or, you know, those guys like that. But how do you do that? I mean, how that – because like you said, it's only Kenny Galladay. It's no carry-on. It's just Kenny and Matthew basically. So – how do you stretch the field? How do you put up points when the Rams score? How do you come right back downfield and score against their defense? I don't know. I don't know, Lomas. That's why I'm not the offensive coordinator. <laughs> but I can say I think that's what they need to do. Right. right. <laughs> 
I like, <laughs> I like that. Somehow, if they want to win, that's what they're going to need You're to right. do. But it's a tall order. You're yes. right. It's a tall order. How do they do it? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a tough one yeah. this weekend at Ford Field for yeah. sure. It is. It really is. The crazy thing is, though, is that look at the teams the Lions have gotten wins against. They've gotten wins against the teams that people didn't predict they'd get wins against. So who really knows you what know could what? happen? You are so right. Carolina <laughs> Panthers, I didn't think that. The and Patriots. like you said, the Green Bay. I'm like, so you're right. You never, <laughs> you just never know. But man, if I look at those teams that we talked about, and then I look at the Rams at ten and one, where they're sitting at, or nine and one, wherever they at. It's like, man, they look so much better than the New England Patriots, Green Bay, and those teams that even Carolina that they beat. But you never know. That's why they play the games, Tori. Amen. <laughs> it's a good place to end. I like it. Well, before we let everybody go, of course, we've got to get to Uh-oh. the trivia. That's my drum roll. (laughs) Yes, trivia question today. And we actually touched on it a little bit when we said that Andrew Whitworth is older than Uh the Rams head coach, Sean McVay. So Sean McVay is 32 years old. Wow. Andrew Whitworth, 36. Those are are just some free facts for you guys. Free facts. (laughs) Here's your trivia question. I want you guys to name the three Lions that are older than the Rams head coach. So older than, not same age as. I want you to tell me three Lions who are older than the Rams head coach. That's your trivia question That's for this week. That's a good one. That's a real good one. If you know the answer to that, make sure you tweet it at Lions, and you could win a Lions prize pack. So get that trivia answer out there. Let us know what you think it is. There will be three answers to this one. you got to give me three of them. So tell me who's older than the Rams head coach. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the One Pridecast this week. We enjoy hanging out with you as always, and we will talk with you next week.